the other morning at uh, morning meditation, I asked that if someone was going to be coming to a Dharma talk, what would they want to hear about? Because I, I had nothing. I couldn't think of anything to talk about on Thursday night. And the suggestion was blame. Uh, someone, I think it was you, Donna, <laughs> said you wanted to hear about blame because they talk about it in, in the eight worldly winds, praise and blame. And then um, Ruth piped in and said, well, if you're going to do blame, I think it was you, might as well do shame as well. <sighs> so I thought that would be a, an interesting investigation. I know folks have asked me in the past about shame in Buddhist teaching, and I've talked about it before. And for sure, blame is in the suttas. Uh, the Buddha actually mentions it a number of times. So I wanted to uh, thank you for those suggestions. And, um, and I looked into it, and um, most of the mentions of blame are not in a really good way. It's not that blame is something good. Most of the, a lot of the stuff I saw was, um, the like the uh, in the suttas was referencing kind of like the eight worldly winds for those who are not clear or don't know what the eight worldly winds are they're these these four sets of experiences that happen to everyone that happen to every human being who walks this planet we all experience pleasure and pain we all experience gain and loss fame and disrepute and praise and blame and that we have to realize that it happens. In fact, I found this one in the Dhammapada, a couple of lines from the Dhammapada, these collections of short uh, teachings. It says, indeed, this is an ancient practice, not only one of today. They blame those, those who remain silent. They blame those who speak much. They blame those who speak in moderation. There is none in the world who is not blamed. There never was, there never will be, nor is there now a person who is wholly blamed or wholly praised. So this is the Buddhist teaching. It's like you just have to exist and you will experience blame. And so to recognize, and that's a teaching of equanimity, to recognize that this stuff is going to happen. And it's not so much that it happens, but it's how you work with it. How do you re respond to it? instead of um, reacting, responding is better. And so recognizing, oh, that's, that's praise. What happens is we have this tendency to um, experience praise and or pleasure or um, fame, whatever the, the pleasant quality of the, the worldly winds are. And we chase those and we push away the other. You know, I want the praise, that's tasty, I don't want the blame. I want the pleasure, I don't want the pain. So watching that, this equanimity, I did the um, day long today on equanimity. And it was really, how can I hold my, my joys and my sorrow in balance? Not being knocked over by either one of them. And so this is, this is how the Buddha talks about blame. And he says people who, are, who get caught up in blaming are those who are um, trapped by the three poisons, by greed, by hatred, by aversion, by, by delusion. That they're just caught up. And that because they're caught up in this, they, they lash out and blame. And so to recognize that it's not 
it's not what you're doing. It's what what those other people are entangled in. In fact, I think it's um, there's a there's a line here. Now, it's not that blame is levied is the problem. The problem is our reaction. You know, again, like I said, we have to recognize that we feel smaller um, when we're blamed, but to see if we can um, disengage from taking it personally. What happens is we, we, we put it on. And the, the invitation is to recognize these folks are caught up in, in this greed. It's not about you. They're driven by fear. They're driven by anger. They're driven by their own, their own stuff. Um, and they're, as the Buddha would say, unskillful. And folks who are unskillful can fall into blame. They fall into a lot of stuff. He says there's this one sutta where he talks about, you know, they, they imprison or they take or they place blame or they banish. They, so this is one of those things that's just not very wise or skillful. Um, and Sylvia Borstein asked the question, is there ever an appropriate time for blame? And she said, there are no human enemies, only confused people needing help. So if we can recognize that, again, this is one of those graduate level types of things, you know, because when we're blamed, it does feel personal. It feels very personal. Um, but we have to recognize that the folks who are blaming are compelled by these, these, these forces that are not personal it's like they're caught up it's all the harm I have caused is when I've been caught up in this greed or fear or aversion or, or delusion oftentimes it's delusion I'm just so unclear and that's when I cause harm you know uh, that's when I lash out that's been my history that is still my history I see that when I cause harm Blame, blame is a go-to for me. It ha not a lot, but it can be in particular circumstances. When I stop and investigate it, it's because I'm fearful. I'm fearful of something that might happen. And when I'm fearful, I don't want to take responsibility. I want to, I want to push it onto someone else. And so that's when I move into blame. That's when I move into this, ah, not me, not me, not me, not me. And so, uh, that brings me to one of my favorite folks in the world, um, Brene Brown, because she, you know, she's got to have something to say about blame. And in, and she does. And when you're looking at it this way, when I'm thinking, I don't want to, I don't want to be guilty. I don't want them to be angry at me. I don't want to, um, you know, admit to making a mistake. That's my conditioning. That's my personal story. I can't admit to making a mistake. You know, we car I carry that, that, that baggage of perfectionism, or I have carried that perfectionism, that baggage. Um, how do I not take responsibility? Because that would be ooh, scary. Blame. They did it. They did it. This. And ah, I think it falls in with rationalizing, too. I can rationalize and create these amazing scenarios. They're convoluted. I, I see when something happens and it's like immediately the brain kicks in. How can I move this to them? And it's, I spend hours, hours doing that. I have spent hours doing that. Thankfully, I don't do that anymore most of the time. Or I go there for a minute and then go, oh, blame. 
what's going on underneath. Come back, let go of the blame and, and address what's here. And Brene Brown talks about blame. It's blame gives us some semblance of control, which makes perfect sense. It's like if, if I've done something wrong, I'm unsure of what might happen or if I've made a mistake, I there's the ground is uncertain beneath me. If I can shift something, then I have the control. It's you. It's I'm now taking control. I'm making sure that everyone knows that this person is responsible, not me. Um, it's a way also to discharge our discomfort and our pain. That's absolutely true. When I'm uncomfortable because of some situation and I point the finger over there, I'm off the hook. Phew, I don't have to take responsibility. And it's interesting and it, and it discharges anger as well. Discomfort, pain, anger. Um, and she says it has an inverse uh, relationship with accountability. The more we blame, the less accountability, less accountable we are, which absolutely makes sense to me. Because when I was blaming, saying it wasn't me, it was them, um, that takes me out of the equation. Therefore, I don't have to take responsibility. I don't have to admit that I did something wrong because being accountable is a vulnerable process. It's uncomfortable to say you made a mistake. I remember I, when my boss would call me into his office, I knew I was going to be fired. I just, the walk up the hallway, I would sometimes say goodbye to people, say, all right, this is it. And he would just want to ask me a question or something, but I was so fearful, you know. And I remember the first time he said, I was, I, did, I was an analyst, so I did a lot of spreadsheets, and he asked me about some numbers that were wrong. And I said, oh, I did that. And I was gearing up, and he said, okay, let's see how we can fix it. And I was like, what? Because I was ready to have, be, you know, chewed up and spit out. And it's like, oh, taking accountability, it doesn't necessarily end the way I think it's going to end. So when I blame, I'm not willing to go there. I'm not willing to have that vulnerability, that discomfort. And she said, and this I find interesting, people who blame a lot seldom have the tenacity and grit to hold others accountable. Which makes sense, because if you're in a blaming a blaming spiral, and we are in such a blame blaming society right now, nobody takes accountability. Nobody takes accountability. It's this and that and that and this. It's extraordinary. I saw a woman on The Daily Show the other night. I think she does. She's a teacher, but she's like got this Instagram account, and she does the, I think her name is Sarah something. I don't remember. Anyway. She's saying people have a real problem right now distinguishing between um, bias and lying. So we each have our biased viewpoints. We each have our viewpoints about certain things. And if I, you believe something and I disagree with you because I believe something else, you believe trickle-down economics is good and I say trickle-down economics isn't good because of X, Y, and Z, there's an inability to see that as a disagreement and instead say you're lying you know so that's a, that's a type of blame and that shuts down all conversation right there you know it's it's shifting the discomfort um, and so people who are in that mode can't take accountability it's really difficult it's really difficult because we've painted ourselves into this really tight corner 
Um, and blaming is corrosive. And one of the reasons we miss the opportunity for empathy, because we're so shut down. We're, we, we, we are like keeping ourselves in this little box. So we have to, you know, recognize that this blame, again, stems from other folks caught up in their own ignorance or greed, you know, and see that it doesn't serve a purpose. And if we can instead put down blame and pick up accountability and this practice, these teachings are about being accountable and saying, yeah, I did something wrong, which leads us into the teaching around shame. And there's a word, hiri, uh, a teaching, H-I-R-I, which oftentimes is translated as wholesome shame. But it's not so much shame, because shame is a very loaded word. It actually also can mean remorse. Remorse over having caused harm or done something unskillful. So it's it's a teaching in the suttas about how, this is this is beneficial because when you have this remorse, it's a recognition that we've done something unskillful, that perhaps we have caused harm. You know, it's not self aversion, it's not self loathing, it's not toxic shame, which is really can be debilitating. And I'm not talking about the shame that we have from our. Um, you know, some of the conditioning, some of the, the traumatic experiences we've had growing up, because that's a whole different, that's a whole different world. Um, oftentimes we're, we're shamed because of um, society, because of people. Um, and so that's a, that's a very heavy thing that we carry internally. Sometimes we don't even realize that we carry this shame. We just react from it because it's there. And so that it's not that this is a shame of um, thinking that we're uh, what's the, the, the story, the, the definition Brene Brown says is guilt says we did something wrong or did something bad and shame says we are bad. So it's it's the recognition. It's like it's not that toxic shame. It's just that remorse of oh, I did it again. I wasn't paying attention. I was caught up in my fear. I was caught up in, in anger, whatever it was. So we, res we respect that and we have a respect for ourselves. You know, we say, oh, I don't want to be this person. I don't want to be a person who causes harm. And so I see it when I do it. I'm willing to see it because in, if we're not willing to see it, we're going to keep doing it. We're going to keep reacting over and over and over again. It's when we stop and see it that we learn to behave in a different way. We respond thoughtfully and hopefully in a manner that's wise. You know, I love using the Eightfold Path and the, the, the uh, precepts as a guide to living uh, a life that doesn't cause harm. It's like, oh, my sarcasm just came out because it felt so good, but I made that person cry. Uh, that wasn't, that was because I was driven by wanting, you know, some craving, some craving to be funny, some craving to fit in, whatever it was, one-upmanship, whatever drives me in my snarcasm. It's like, ah, I don't want to do that. Okay, but I did it. So there's a, there's that, that hearing, that, that, um, 
remorse, that healthy remorse that points us that we feel internally often in our embodiment we we have an embodied sensation and then we when we pay attention to it we go oh i didn't do that right and so um you know it's a discomfort we feel as opposed to as james barris calls the bliss of blamelessness when we move through the world not causing harm there's this bliss but when we do cause harm it's like discomfort um yeah, and there's an accountability, as I said, that goes along with it. And it partners with this other teaching, Otapa. So there's Hiri, which is the, the reflection, the remorse of something we have done. And then the Otapa, which is the recognition of, oh, I better not do that because that will cause harm. You know, that's the unwillingness to do harm moving forward. So um, so that's wise and skillful, these, this remorse and reflection about actions that we're going to take. So, but we, that's not the shame often that we use when we talk about it. As I was saying, there's this, um, um, sometimes we blame to avoid shame. Um, and shame can be painful and debilitating, as I was saying. So we have to, uh, recognize that it's a lot of this shame is cultural i read i i i talked about the book the body is not an apology i've talked about it a lot if you haven't read it i really recommend it it's really excellent by sonia renee taylor and she talks about this this way society has determined we're supposed to look the default body which is genuine generally masculine and 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 white and um, uh, had, what is it? It's based on gender and sexual orientation, gender expression, sexual orientation, skin color, um, able-bodiedness, mental capability, all these things. And, you know, there, it's a moving target. We'll never get there. We'll never, never, ever. I'm sure if you pick up a magazine, you'll find things to tell you why you don't quite meet the criteria. And there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of shame that's not necessary, but we, we internalize it. That's the thinking that we're not good. We're bad. You know, we're imperfect. Therefore, um, uh, imperfect in a, in a, we are imperfect because nobody's perfect, but imperfect in a, in a prejudicial sense. Instead of like, yeah, it's messy. It's awkward. It is. We're all going to fall down. You know, embrace the messiness. Embrace the messiness. We're all, you know, this is where the five remembrances come in. We're all, well, unless we die young, we're all going to grow old. We're all going to age. Our teeth are going to fall out. Um, we're going to die. Our society will tell us if we do it right, that won't happen. But that's impossible. And so to embrace that and recognize that we just because we are, we it's enough. Just because we are, it's enough. Yeah, Brene Brown has another thing. She says most she's studied shame. She's a shame researcher. And she says, um, you know, there are certain triggers that are more common than others, and these are appearance and body image sexuality, family, motherhood, parenting, professional identity and work, mental and physical health, aging, religion, speaking out and surviving trauma. 
So there's a lot of shame triggers that we have to be aware of and and work through the ones we can work through and get support and help, professional help if necessary for the others that can be debilitating and cause us um, uh, challenges as we move through our lives. And then when we shame others, sometimes we think it's beneficial to shame others, but it's really not. It's the same kind of mechanism as blaming. You know, shaming people into um, better behavior doesn't work. Research has shown it doesn't work. Um, that's reactive. That's fear-based. And can we treat the other person as a human being, you know? So moving through shame and moving through blame, um, we need to pay attention. You know, we need to be mindful. This is this is bottom found bottom line foundational for everything. Um, recognize that we're enough. You know, we can always, we can improve, but just by being us is fine. We don't have to be anything other than what we are. We actually can't be. I mean, we can we can shift and set an intention to move in a direction of living a life that's not harming. We can practice to let go of what doesn't serve. We can clear away the, the, the dust in our eyes. We can see clearly, cultivate that clarity and compassion and that empathy. But um, we're not broken. You know, like the Buddha said when Mara challenged him on the night of his awakening, who the hell do you think you are? And, and the earth bore him witness just because. You know, I am. That's true for all of us. Um, so you have to learn how to be with, if you find yourself lost in shame or lost in blame, be with it. What's below the story? What's underneath it? So often for me, it's running away from something. What am I running away from? And can I be with that? And be willing to be vulnerable, which means being uncomfortable, which means taking accountability. It's vulnerable, but it's wholesome. Accountability is so necessary to own up to what we've done and call other people on their stuff too. There's a, this is again, Brene Brown was saying when people have... have, have um, gone after her she how can you shame and blame those people and she she says i'm not shaming or blaming anyone i'm holding them accountable for what they're doing again people don't see the difference anymore they're, they 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 conflate the two and think if you're saying you know you really your job is to do x y and z that you're shaming and blaming and it's like no it's we have to hold people accountable. There has to be responsibility. I have to hold myself accountable. So that um, that's really important. So that's how we move through this, this um, world of shame and blame is being present, being willing to uh, name it, being willing to let it go, and be willing to be with under what's underneath. And it's all the mindfulness and I have found, as I said, the eightfold path as I say, okay, in order to get out of that, walk in this direction. This is a helpful, wholesome direction to walk in. Can you walk in this direction and let go of the shame and let go of the blame? Because like as the Buddha said, nobody in, nobody in the suttas who was blaming was, was on the right track. 
it was like nah, they're caught up in that greed hatred and delusion so to let that stuff go is is wise and skillful and probably very compassionate too so those are my thoughts on blame and shame and i want to thank you for the suggestion i i i take i take requests so if you have requests just send them my way so thank you any questions or comments or thoughts or rebuttals Yeah, I think resentment is you 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 nailed it. It's like, you know, resentment, shame, blame. It's the inability to be with discomfort and having to blame someone else for your discomfort. And I have a resentment against somebody because they did X, Y, and Z. And because they did X, Y, and Z, I am in this place right now. They're, it's their fault. So that's blame. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it is. So, right. so the way out is, again, recognizing resentment it doesn't serve any purpose. I'm, I'm trying to get away from what's happening. Maybe that person did do something harmful. Fine. You know, it's like Lama Rod talks about all the, the, the experiences we have growing up and our conditioning. It's like, yeah, it's not our fault, but it's our re responsibility to address it today. So if I'm carrying carrying resentments around with me, I'm not addressing. I'm just nursing and enjoying and making friends with them and having them be my 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 life partners. But it doesn't do any good. It's very very uh, I want to say stiltifying, stultifying. You know, it's 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 it freezes you in a place that's not not wise or healthy. So the, the willingness to let go, because there's a lot of ego in there, you know, how can they do this to me? And it's like praise and blame, pleasure, pain. It happens to everybody. Shit happens. You know, it doesn't mean they're not held accountable again, but you don't have to carry the resentment because that doesn't impact them at all. It only impacts us or whoever's holding it. You know, that's what they say. It's right. like swallowing poison and waiting for the other person to die. It's not it's not a good strategy. Right. <laughs> right. Thank you for visiting Undefended Dharma. These teachings are freely offered. However, if you would like to make a donation to help support the technology that makes these podcasts possible, please visit marystancavage.org backslash support. Thank you.